Hello and welcome to the Kentucky High School Sports Podcast. I'm Troy Howell and with me is Clark Howell. How's it going, Clark? Yeah, it's going well. Um, you know, another another week in the books just about and uh, starting to get to see more, more high school basketball from all over the state now, so uh, glad to glad to have what I guess would consider probably our first full week uh, with, with Jefferson County Public Schools in action. Right, everyone's pretty much in action and um, we were at Montgomery County last Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about that game later tonight. We were in um, Lincoln County. We watched them play uh, North Laurel. That's the second time that we've watched North Laurel play, I think, in as many Friday nights. So um, the winner of the game was North Laurel, but it was a pretty good game. It was 47 all in the third quarter, and I think North Laurel ended up winning by about, mm, it was like 15, 15 points. 15 points, yeah. So, Reed Shepard, of course, he's been the talk of the state this year. He had, I think, 36, Ryan Davidson, 23, and Sizemore hit some threes. What was your thoughts about the game that we got to see in person tonight? Uh, you know, I mean, North Laurel must have been an off night. They only scored 89 points, so uh, I think that's about right. five below their average. Um, no, it was, it was, again, fun to watch, and, uh, you know, Shepard uh, – never never fails to impress um it's just he's so good in so many aspects of the game uh his obviously his scoring stands out to people with um you know 36 is about his average and uh after a few 50 point games this year might might seem like a low scoring game but um watching him him but not only score he passes the ball so well seems like they get a bunch of layups just because he's he does a great job of finding people wide open under the basket um, I'd like to see how many steals he's averaging. It's got to be four or five a game, and uh, just everything he does is impressive. Um, you know, we we looked last last week. We saw him. Uh, he and Davidson score all but five of their points, mm-hmm. and this week we saw uh, Sizemore get involved a lot more, and they got a little bit more from uh, Brock, and uh, so you know they can they can beat you a lot of different ways. Well, he had um, in the the game before. I think he had fifty four points and another triple double. And then uh, I don't have his rebounds and assists tonight. We might be able to look that up and see if anyone posted that. But we know his point total. So he's very impressive. I think watched him on that. He's got a good hesitation move. He kind of gets that head of steam, stops, and then he goes from the top of the key. He had some wonderful passes as well, some bullet passes. And he's great from the free throw line too, which uh, he gets a lot of his points late from the free throw line. And, draws contact but yeah he was very impressive um north laurel again as we we're talking they need to work on their defense you know um what do you think about uh lincoln county they kind of had a good offensive barrage from three-point range yeah they uh they shot the ball relatively well um you know mattingly shot uh, hit some shots uh, jackson smith is uh, a guy that you know stood out to a lot of people as a freshman two years ago when they when they made the state tournament and played Played pretty well in their opening round uh, loss in, in Rupp Arena two years ago. Um, you know, Alcorn did a pretty good job getting to the basket, but uh, but they were able to, to score, and, and like you mentioned, you know, they went on kind of a, a barrage, probably close to a 10, 10-0 run early in the third quarter to, to tie it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you could see their potential. Uh, I think they're one of, you know, seven or eight teams that has a chance to come out of the 12th region. That's probably the most balanced region in the state as, as far as who, who can come out of it. Um, but, you know, they're a team that, 
you know, they're not on North Laurel's level. I mean, that North Laurel's clearly a notch above them. Uh, but but they're going to challenge teams. They're going to they're gonna beat a majority of the teams they play, although I think they've got a pretty good schedule um, coming up even next week. Right. Bounce back with uh, Lexington Catholic. Um, but, you know, a good team, but just a little bit uh, over overwhelmed. Yeah, we'll be there at the Lexington Catholic game, too. Yeah, looking forward to, you know, seeing another good one, another top – Probably top three team, uh, top maybe top three player with uh, with Ben Johnson. So uh, it'll be interesting to compare the kind of Shepherd and North Laurel against Johnson and, and Lexington Catholic and the same against the same competition. I do have Shepherd stats here. Okay. Uh, you know uh, we talked about his paltry thirty six points mm-hmm. and and uh, he only supplemented that with seven assists and seven okay. rebounds. Okay. So. Uh, I think if you heard someone had thirty six seven and seven, you'd think that's a an incredible game for right. about anybody, uh, other than other than Reed Shepherd with the numbers he's been putting up lately. So that shows you uh, just how impressive he's been. Uh, a couple other numbers: Ryan Davidson twenty three points, six rebounds, three assists, and then Sizemore we mentioned had seventeen points. Uh, that was on six of seven shooting, five of five from threes. What's listed here? Um, I think I remember him missing a three, so it might have been five of six, mm. but. Uh, very very efficient uh, showing. He's he's got such a quick release. That's uh, a uh, you know it doesn't doesn't take him much space to get a shot off. So that uh, that helps probably open up things a little bit more for Reed Shepherd, as you mentioned, able to get to the basket or get in the lane or also can able uh, to shoot from distance. So uh, that just kind of supplements a little bit of what we were talking about with their numbers. Well, they got a young team as well, North Harden. I mean North Floral and. That's the second time we've watched them play, and both times the other team, South Laurel and then tonight Lincoln County, they were in the game. You know, they were kind of trailing most of the game, but they made a game out of it. And and I, I would think that the North Laurel coach, you know, Valentine, he's probably thinking, yeah, I wish we could, you know, we're we're better than these teams. I wish we could beat them by more. But also he's probably likes the fact that it's close down the stretch. So I think it's probably good, even though people say, you know, North Laurel, why aren't they winning by more? Why aren't they pulling away? Maybe they're actually glad that they're in a game like this, and it makes them focus on their flaws and their defense. So. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's obviously you know much more fun to to teach after a win. Yeah. Um, but uh, they they played you know played well, but it it is good for them to be challenged, and uh, I think they will you know continue to be challenged some this year. Uh, one thing I enjoy about just watching them play from a fan perspective is you know they don't quit. You know, they don't, if they're up by 10 with, with, you know, four minutes left, they don't start holding the ball or anything. Right. I mean, they, they push it, they look for a good shot, and, I mean, they don't they don't force it. They didn't seem to make, uh, you know, really bad decisions tonight. I thought they made maybe a few more bad decisions when we saw them in South Laurel uh, trying to close out that game. But, you know, tonight they just, they kept going, they kept scoring, and, you know, they took what we talked about, a tie game midway through mm-hmm. the third, and they just kept extending it and extending it to where, you know, Lincoln County never really had a chance to get back in it in the fourth quarter. Yeah, North Laurel, I mean, they can really demoralize you because I, I remember one time Jackson Smith on a key possession was playing great defense on Shepard, and he kind of forced him into a miss, an awkward shot. But then there's North Laurel with the rebound and the putback, and, and you, you just think, or or maybe you do give up that bucket, then they, they get a steal quickly. And so you do so much, you spend so much effort to try to contain Shepard, and then something goes wrong, and then someone else gets a bucket, or Sizemore gets the ball, falls to him, and he gets a bucket. So it can be very demoralizing for yeah. It, well, that's one thing that I noticed, you know, in, in both the games we've watched live and also watching watching them on uh, streaming, 
is is they can score seven points, it feels like, in about 20 seconds sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. they just go on these spurts that, you know, you're right in the game, and then, and then like you said, you know, they'll get a bucket, Shepard will get a steal, they'll get another run out, they'll hit a three, and just uh, just can, can kind of steamroll you a little bit when they get when they get that momentum going. So, um, and yeah, and they play a tough schedule, so I'm sure we'll talk more about them down the, uh, down the road, but uh, any more thoughts on them or on the 12th or 13th region in general? You know, coming into the year, I think, uh, you know, I thought probably both of those regions would be two of the more competitive regions in the state, and I still feel that way about the 12th, you know, the mm-hmm. 12th, like I mentioned, um, just a couple of names we'll throw out there, you know, West Jessamine. Somerset, Boyle County, Danville, Pulaski County, Lincoln County. Uh, you know, I probably left one or two out just going through that off the top of my head. But, I mean, those are all teams that, you know, can beat each other on any given night. So that's one of those tournaments that you're not going to see the state champion come out of out of the 12th region. But that tournament itself might be one of the most enjoyable region tournaments in the state this right. year. Then the 13th region, you know, coming into the year, I thought that was probably a toss-up with – you know, North Laurel and Knox Central, mm-hmm. you know, I both thought both were probably top 20 teams in the state. And, you know, I thought Harlan County is, is maybe maybe just a tick below them, but also would be very competitive. And then uh, South Laurel, a good team. But just what we've seen from North Laurel, I think they've kind of raised themselves as, as the clear leader in the 13th. I don't think by any means it's a lock that they're going to win it. But, you know, but they've proven that they're, I think, the clear favorite and really a, a state title contender you know, this year and, and especially in the in the next two years to come as well, so. Right, yeah. Yeah, they could easily win it one of the next three years. or Even if they won two of the next three, I mean, it, it wouldn't be so shocking. I mean, they're, they're, they'd be in the mix, so it should be interesting. Well, we can move on to um, uh, the other game that we watched recently, and that was Montgomery County against Trinity. That was a double overtime win for a comeback win I I put on Twitter, I can't remember, I think Montgomery County trailed by as many as like 13 or 15 points even in the second half. Yeah, they, I think they were down 18. Uh, 33 kind of to late, 13, 31-13. Yeah, late, in the, 13, late yeah. in, the, in the first half of uh, the mm-hmm. second quarter. and Yeah, they were down, I think they might have been down 12 going into the fourth quarter. Right, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, just they didn't miss shots in the in the fourth quarter. You know, uh, Hagen Harrison, who uh, their junior point guard is – you know, top probably top three or four player in the in the tenth region uh, was held to six points. Uh, you know, Ethan Hodge did a, a really great job defensively on him in the first three quarters, held him down. And uh, you know, before we get into it too much, Hodge, I was very impressed with him. He does a lot of things well, played good defense, handled the ball, good passing, good score when he needed to. Uh, really good all around player who I think is uh, is going to play some college baseball. Uh, after this year, but but a really good basketball player, uh, but I think he might have wore down a little bit in the fourth quarter, and and mm-hmm. Hagen Harrison just just really took over. Um, you know, I think he finished with with twenty eight points, uh, so that's twenty two points in in basically with the equivalent of of a half with the fourth quarter and the two overtimes, uh, to to get Montgomery County back in that game and and put him over the hump. Uh, but you know, double overtime always exciting. Uh, Trinity had chances to mm-hmm. win at the end of regulation and overtime, but, uh, you know, they got th- three-point shots off, but they were not really good looks. I think pretty good defense by Montgomery County, both of those situations. Um, you know, what stood out to you in that game? Uh, Hagen Harrison, I mean, he took over in the second half, and uh, he would just come down and just pop a three, you know, like 
not always the best shot if it's an even game, but when you're down like that and you got to get going, also the defense that Montgomery County, they ramped up their defense. Um, Ricky Lovett continues to show an inside-outside presence for, for Montgomery County. And the first half, I was impressed with Trinity's uh, ball movement and rebounding. Uh, they're always going to be well-coached. I mean, you could go all the way back to when they almost beat Mason County back in the early to mid-2000s in that famous game. Yeah, so, back in 2004. Yeah, so um, they've been well-coached ever since. You know, ever since, That's when I first saw them, but they were always well-coached. And, um, and you know, they, they had some, some good players there. Um, I think it's uh, Miles. Yeah, Miles Franklin. Uh, Franklin, yeah, he he was impressive. And, uh, oh, my, what a block by Tennessee. Kentucky's just melting down right here. We're, we're watching them, so maybe Reed Shepard will end up on <laughs> – yeah, on they, Kentucky. They could use a little help. Yeah, this is a struggle. But anyway, going back to Montgomery County, um yeah, they uh they just had that that kind of fire in them that that came out in the second half and and in in overtime in the second overtime and also it kind of reminds me of um or it makes me think with Clark County suffering that injury to Morton where we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um Montgomery County could be more in the mix in the 10th region than just what we thought a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think that's very true. You know, I'm, I've mentioned on here, I'm, I'm a huge Jerome Morton fan. Uh, I think he was uh, kind of established himself as the, the best player in the 10th region. And, and you know, I think uh, maybe even a top 10 player in the state junior, you know, you hate to see him go out with, with the broken wrist. Um, initially what I'd heard is out at least four weeks. So probably best case for him is, is be back by district and, you know, obviously that's that's tough to bounce back from quickly, and you you never know how how will he'll respond to that. So, with that situation, I think, and and what we saw from Montgomery County, especially in the second half of that Trinity game, I think they're you know they're they're pretty close. They they're closing the gap on Clark County. Uh, if Morton gets healthy and and they're at full strength, I think Clark County's still the clear cut favorite. But uh, Montgomery County is is definitely cutting that gap down, and they're a team that you know is. is Borderline top 25 team, I think. Um, one other thing from Montgomery County before I'll... I'll I, well, I guess first I'll say on Trinity, I agree exactly with what you said. Their ball movement, their offensive rebounding. I mean, they just, they did such a great job of being in the right position. Um, in the first half, their they're press, their trap caused a lot of problems for Montgomery County. You know, they're a good team. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's a team that's going to going to challenge anybody and, and not make it easy for anybody because they're just going to... They almost beat Cuff Cath. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost by, what, one to Cuff Cath, mm-hmm. who I think, we you know, is, is looking more and more like a top-five team. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But, you know, Trinity's that impressive team that just you can't take anything for granted against. Uh, but Montgomery County, I saw, and I'm not sure if this... Uh, I didn't see this officially, but unofficially, I think they, they didn't miss a shot in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. uh, is, is what I was what I was reading. They were... Uh, down 12 points, they hit uh, something like nine shots, a, a couple of threes, maybe seven free throws, something like that. To uh, just, you know, they had to play perfect, and they did. Um, they did play perfect in that fourth quarter. And, you know, we, we were talking earlier, uh, JT Woosley, who's yeah. uh, leading the state in field goal percentage mm-hmm. uh, at uh, going into tonight, 79.2%. Obviously, not a lot of shots. He's uh, 38 of 48, but. Uh, you know, a guy like that, and, and he's not just getting layups. He gets a lot of those, but he's he shoots the three a little bit. And, 
Uh, you know, he's he's a guy who's really under the radar. I mean, he's not your your top five or ten player in the region like like Harrison and uh, Lovett are. But uh, you know, guys like that are are always guys who are very important to a team, even if they don't get much attention. Yeah, and Montgomery County they picked up some some players that got eligible recently. You know, they give them a, few, a little bit of depth. You know, I think Hawthorne and Morgan. Mm-hmm. So. They they can sustain, like if Clark County comes at you in waves with the pressure defense, Clark County likes to get up and down. That might help Montgomery County maybe sustain that a little more. And I see that Montgomery County, uh, well, we're going to have them, I'm probably going to have them in mind ranked in the top 25, and I'll have Clark County ranked higher. But I was thinking, you know, if Clark County looks kind of bad without Morton and if they lose one more, last time in the 10th region media poll, which I, I voted one of those, um, I'm one of the 19 people that vote Clark County number one. Nobody else votes anyone else number one. So I was thinking, what would it take to vote Montgomery County number one? And what if I was the only one, you know? Like, what if I voted Montgomery County number one? Would I get laughed at? But it'll probably take maybe one more loss from Clark County. Then I then I, I might do that. Yeah, I mean, their first game without Morton, they still beat Mason County by, what, 20-some points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've looked good. It's a huge loss for them. Um, but I would definitely have have Clark County probably ahead for now until uh, we see, you know, if, if it's, was it a fluke, you know, they, they took a tough loss to East Jester right. this week, or, uh, or you know, is, is it going to be kind of a longer-term issue? And, and if they prove that they're not, not near the same team, uh, I think obviously you can, uh, you can make that adjustment based on, based on Morton being out. And here's some final stats from that game. We've talked about some stats, but it was 88-81 Montgomery County. In double overtime, Ricky Lovett, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 5 blocks. I think 3 coming in overtime or maybe even the second overtime. Um, mm-hmm. He hit several threes. Um, and then Miles Franklin had um, 20 from Trinity and uh, for Trinity. Ethan Hodge, as you mentioned, he had 18. So it was a great game. You know, it was supposed to be Montgomery County and Lexington Catholic. But Lexington Catholic, they've had to cancel a lot of games from COVID. So... They'll hopefully be back against Lincoln County if things things go right, but that could hurt Lexington Catholic a, a bit there. So mm-hmm. Montgomery County, they had to take a pause for a while. So these teams that don't have to take any pause, that's going to help them. You know? Yeah, there's, I don't think there's going to be very many of them this year, right. it seems like. I mean, if you look down the list, and about every third game is a COVID cancellation, it looks like. But, yeah, I think it worked out well. With I think Trinity was supposed to play Lexington Catholic on Friday, mm-hmm. and then Montgomery County was supposed to play them on Saturday. And so they both lost that right. game, but were able to – Pretty much last minute. I mean, probably the day before the game, uh, get it, get it adjusted to, uh, to playing each other. So I mean, it's that's one thing that's been interesting is it's been good to see how flexible teams are. Uh, you know, you you can't be set and just say, well, we were supposed to play and we can't, so right, we aren't going to. You know, it it also is kind of fun that you know coaches are having to adjust on the fly. Right. You know, you can't spend all all day game planning or all week game planning for somebody. It, uh, it kind of gives you that uh, maybe a little fresher, uh, fresher feel that uh, games don't get overcoached. They just l- let them go out and play. Well, that happened in uh, football as well, and you know people, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about this Ashland Bowling Green game in a minute that came together at the last minute. But credit these athletic directors. Yeah. You know, we we're also I see where Lexington Christian was supposed to play Lexington Catholic, and Montgomery County added them. So. These, these ADs are probably looking at the schedule and say, okay, who is supposed to play this team? Let's try to get them because they, they need a game. So I think these ADs are, are pretty savvy, you know, pretty smart um, for the most part. Um, 
And so with your tennis schedule, you know, if you all have to have to have a team cancel on you, would you try to, to get like one of the top players in the state to come in or play like a St. X or a Henry Clay? Would you be willing to do something like that on the fly? I mean, I, I'd be willing to do that. I mm. don't know if they'd uh, they'd have as much interest in, uh, in a match. They may just with, want to get something on the schedule. County, but uh, yeah, if the goal is to get a match in, you know, I, that's... That's going to be one of my goals this year is to just get as many as we can. No. Um, you know, we're allowed to have up to 22. Uh, weather's obviously a, an issue for us, and uh, but, you know, any chance we can to, to adjust. And as long as I, I think we've got a, a radius we're not allowed to travel out of or at least encourage not to. But anybody within there will do our best to, to play. Okay. Well, let's move on to um, Ashland and Bowling Green. Um so I saw that this game came together kind of at the last minute, um, and I saw that it was pretty cool. They agreed Bowling Green is going to go to the Ashland Invitational next year, and then Ashland agreed to go to Bowling Green, and Bowling Green said, okay, since you're coming over here, we'll feed all your team. and your So pretty good, you know, because it's, it would be tough, like who's going to travel across the state, you know. and um, But anyway, these, these schools, one of them won, or they both won the football championship, so – it could be one of the rare times, I think Trinity did it once, where the school could win the basketball and the football championship in the same year. But if we, we'll start with Bowling Green. They were coming off a win over Somerset by like 30 points. So when, when a win over a ranked Somerset team by over 30 points isn't even your most head-turning win of the week, that's pretty impressive. Um, here's the final scores. Bowling Green, 87. Somerset, 55. Uh Dingle had 12 points. There were five in double figures. Butchery, Tanner Butchery had 18. Isaiah Mason, 15. We could talk just a little about that. But mostly, the next game, Bowling Green, 83. Ashland, who is ranked number 11, 57. Um, so that's their third win over a top 25 team, and all in blowout fashion. They've blown out every team except for Warren Central, which was close. So um, what do you think about Bowling Green right now? I mean, I, I think Bowling Green is, is the top team in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're one I'd love to get out and see. Uh, I watched, you know, I've watched, uh, again, some of their streaming a little bit. And, you know, they have, they have really tremendous quickness. Uh, they've got some shooters. They shoot the ball well from what I saw. They can, they can play defense. Uh, they've got, you know, a little bit of a, a presence inside, too. Uh, they're, I mean, they're good. They're, yeah. Coming into the year, you know, they had everybody back. Uh, they're they're one of the few top teams last year that I didn't get a chance to see. So I, you know, I thought they'd be a good team this year. I, I wasn't sure if they were in that state title contender or just below that, but they have clearly, you know, blown away my expectations for this year. And uh, just I mean they they've looked dominant. They um, you know Mason, uh, a lot of people have as as one of the top players in the state, uh, but. Seems like you know guys from kind of the western quarter of the state, kind of Bowling Green and West, probably don't get quite as much recognition uh, outside of uh, of their area. And uh, he's a name that I think people probably will get more familiar with as the year goes along, especially if they continue to just route people the way that they have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've I've got them as the top team in the state right now. Well, Isaiah Mason, who you mentioned at eighteen points, he's headed to Northern Kentucky University. Um, Tanner Butchery had 29 points. He's one of the top free throw shooters in the state. He's pretty much money yeah, from he, the line. He doesn't miss. Yeah, they, um, Ashland, it, it was interesting. Ashland just started hitting threes early on. They were raining in threes. 
and Bowling Green went on a 20-4 to run, and then blink of an eye was over. They were at 44-34, and then they're like, Ashland, y'all hit threes early. We're not faced, you know? Yeah, I think uh, Ashland's first 18 points were on threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, within probably about four or five minutes into the game, they'd hit six threes, go up 18-9, to nine, I believe it was. Um, so, you know, you, you'd think at that point that, well, maybe, maybe Bowling Green's in trouble here or – you know, could at least be looking at a pretty good game, but Bowling Green, like you mentioned, just from that point on, just dominated. Yeah, so Bowling Green, and then, of course, uh, one guy that everyone will want to keep an eye on is Jordan Dingle because he's a two-sport athlete. He's going to be a tight end for UK, and I just love it that he plays football and basketball. There's a lot of other stars that they were stars in football this year, and then they were they played basketball last year. They're good basketball players. They're not playing basketball this year. Which is fine. I mean, if somebody doesn't want to play, that's completely fine. Their futures in football, but the fact that he's playing and he's going for the state championship, and he's also um, he has high aspirations academically. He's well rounded. Um, I I just like like that about him. I I, I like when people um, play multiple sports. Absolutely, me too. Um, you know, I'm, as a coach, I've benefited from guys who you know played played multiple sports. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a great value in that. Um, you know, you you don't burn out, and you learn a lot of different uh, you know different traits that can help you tra- transition from one to the other. Uh, I've always that's one thing I've I've enjoyed about you know UK football is they've they've oftentimes got several guys who I've got to watch play basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, if you you go back right. to the nineties, uh, you know they had a string of quarterbacks. Tim Couch was a I think probably a three thousand point scorer at Leslie County, a couple time first team All State. Um, and you know, follow that up with uh, the hefty lefty, Jared Lorenzen's, Derek Smith combinations. Mm-hmm. One of the most most enjoyable you know basketball Highlands. basketball combinations in the late nineties at Highlands. Uh, you know, state runner up as sophomores, and then Andre Woodson uh, played for North Harden teams who were semifinals in the state tournament a couple of years. So, you know, there's been several. That's just a, a few that come to my mind, but uh, a lot of guys I I enjoy that, and, and that'll. You know, kind of give me that probably attachment to Dingle early yeah. on in his football career as well. So he'll be one I'm maybe pulling for a little bit uh, extra special. Pulley, DeWalt, you know, we always like those guys. They're very versatile. So, um, so yeah, that Bowling Green will be fun to, to keep an eye on this year. And then um, the other game we were going to talk about was um, one of the other ones was briefly the Cody Catholic. They got a, I think it was 70 to 58 win over Mayo. And, and from what I was seeing on Twitter, Mayo had some trouble with their young guards handling the pressure of Covington Catholic. Mayo's in like their third or fourth game of the season. Covington Catholic's played a lot of games. But Covington Catholic's really coming on strong. And I, I, I guess they're the favorite in the ninth region right now, but it's not going to be easy in the, in the ninth region. Yeah, I mean, I would probably put the ninth region as the best region in the state right, right now. I mean, they've got you know five or six teams that are, are maybe top 25 teams in the state. Um, so I agree if I had to pick a favorite, I'd pick Covenant Catholic. Um, you know, lots of other teams will give the, I think it's, they'll have more trouble this year than they've had several years, uh, over, you know, over the past decade. Um, uh, but, uh, that's a really impressive performance. I think obviously they benefit from having played for the past month. Whereas, you know, male, like you mentioned is in their first week of, of active competition, uh, and, and, you know, Mel's a young team. Uh, of course, Cam Pope is, is a senior. I think Des Lindsay's a, a senior. But uh, after that, they play a lot of sophomores. 
Um, of course, Caleb Glenn, we've, we've talked about before, is, you know, in my opinion, the, the, maybe the top top recruit in the state, at least until, you know, Reed Shepard's kind of taken over. But that'll be a great battle between those two as, as the top player in that class. I think he's, uh, you know, an, an elite, elite-type um, player who uh, just is going to keep getting better and better as well. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think we will count out male because of this result to anybody. Right. It is an impressive uh, win for Covington Catholic. I think I saw Chandler Starks had a big game for him. I think 18 points, 12 rebounds, uh, maybe six assists. So, uh, you know, that's that's a, a really, really good team. Well, last year we watched the game at Mail, and Mail really put it to him. But they've lost a lot of good players like Tyron Moore and other guys. And Covington Catholic's got some new players, some guys that transferred in. Mitchell Riley's from Beachwood, several from, I think, out of state. So, yeah, it's a, it's a different matchup than it was last year. And, um, and and then you've got, of course, Ballard. They're just starting out now as well in the 7th region. And they had a close win over Cal, but they, uh, they're playing without a Jack Edlin. You know, he, he's injured, as we talked about. I think he's out for the year. But Ballard, was they almost lost that game, but went on a 14-4 run. I've got... Kennedy Hayden was their leading scorer. If you're looking at the looking forward to a male Ballard, you know shootout in the seventh region. Yeah, that uh, you know I watched some of the, some of the end of that game, uh, and Ballard it looked like was in trouble for a majority of the mm-hmm. game. But the second half, uh, you know, Cal it felt like was up between about two and six points the whole second half, and then the last two or three minutes of the game, uh, Cal couldn't get a shot off. I mean, uh, Ballard would just get steals and layups, or I mean they, you know, they really. I guess turned up the pressure a little bit, and uh, again, you know, that's one of those kind of might catch your attention as a score. Of course, Christian Academy is a good team. Right. They got to win over John Harden. Um, you know, they're they've played a really tough schedule and, and had some mixed results. So, you know, not not a uh, an easy win by any means for Ballard, but I think we probably would have expected a Ballard win there. But I think again, you look at a team that that's been playing for a month versus a team that's in their first game and. Uh, just the challenge that that's faced by that, and you know, one thing that I think will be interesting to watch is to see if these schools, these you know, public schools out of Jefferson County, are are uh, negatively impacted by by the late start, and and just you know, they won't be able to hit their full, uh, maybe their full potential this year. Right. Uh, see if that has any effect on you know, in in the districts or the regions where they've got you know some of the the private schools that have been allowed to play, or or if they do make the state tournament, if they're you know, maybe not peaking as well uh, as, as they would in a regular season. Yeah, it's it's going to be talked about for a long time, especially if, um, I mean, I guess for the seventh region, you know, like you might think a team like Ballard and Mayo is so, so talented that one of them will likely come out of the seventh region no matter what. Mm-hmm. So then, So then you would say, hey, at least they made it, you know, out of the seventh region and got a chance. But a team like Fern Creek, you know, I think DeSales is in the sixth region. So they've been playing the whole time. Could be tough on a team like Fern Creek. And I'm sure now they're they're saying they're just glad to play. You know, they're glad glad to be playing. But um it's gonna be difficult on on those players, I'm sure. Um just look in college basketball teams that you know, like in college football, Alabama was a team that played I mean, they set out the first couple of weeks, the SEC, but you got the Big Ten. Like, it was just hard for Ohio State, you know, to, mm-hmm. to just not play that much. And they wanted to play, but they just, for some reason, they weren't allowed to. 
by their conference, even though these other conferences were allowed. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, and I mean, you know, one other team we hadn't really mentioned, but Eastern, who, you know, we both think is probably a top 20 team. They right. haven't got a chance to play a game. I saw that. I dropped them a couple spots. I'm so, like, you got to play somebody. I mean, and, you know, obviously it's not, you know, it's hard to hold against them. That Obviously the first month wasn't their fault. Right. You know, now they're, they're in the COVID protocol since uh, they've had to miss their, their first four scheduled games. I mean, you know, who knows when they're going to get to play. Yeah. I mean, they, they might have, you know, other teams are going to have played 15 or 20 games. So it's like before they get their first one in. Well, and you you almost got to try to play when you get a chance. You, you date no matter when in the year because I heard that like a team like Owensboro, early in the year they've been real careful, you know, saying we're going to hold out. But then you have these COVID tests or whatever that keeps them from playing, and they finally want to play and they can't for a couple of weeks. So it's almost like some of these, these districts are saying, no, you can't play, we aren't going to play, but just wait a few more weeks. And then in a few weeks – it gets worse, but they still allow them to play, but they can't play because then they have these tests that come back positive that weren't positive two weeks ago. So you almost got to be – COVID has made us be grateful for anything we can get. Like you and I, we get to go to a game, and we're grateful. Very much so. You know? Yeah, I've been very thankful for those opportunities. So um, any other uh, any other games uh, before we um, – we might move on to our last topic, which is underrated players, but – any more games that stood out that you wanted to quickly uh, mention? No, I think I think we hit all the big ones that uh, we were, we needed to talk about. Um, just one one I'll throw out there for hopefully we get a, a good showing next week is uh, Ballard and Fern Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, arguably the the favorites in the sixth and seventh regions, and they'll they'll be about a week and a half into their season. And hopefully that one gets played. That'll be one I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what happens with. Yeah, Ferry Creek returns most of their good players. We thought they were going to lose two to transfer, but they only lost one to the transfer, I believe. So they should be pretty good, and uh, we'll really see what they're all about. I mean, Ballard, they beat, uh, I think they also beat Oldham pretty yep. bad recently. Yep, nice so, win. of course, Oldham hadn't played much either, but um, that was impressive. So, okay, so um, we can move on now to the last. Uh, the last topic, I guess, was we put on Twitter um, who are some of the most uh, underrated players in the state or just players that you think are not getting the publicity that maybe they, they should be getting. So, you know, we, we don't know off the top of our head because we can't watch every single team in the state, but we put it out. So if you can pull it up there, who are some yeah. people that um, – and some of these guys we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. who are some people that people are saying, you know, these people need more respect? So uh, Ben Varga, uh, St. X. Uh, listed as a dead-eye shooter and, and playmaker uh, and a winner. Uh, he's one I haven't seen play, but uh, St. X has had some pretty good results this year. Um, I think they had a, had a pretty tough loss recently, but a uh, pretty good team, so uh, he's uh, a good shooter there. We looked up his stats. He's he's re- hitting like about four threes a game and shooting over 40%, and he's a good scorer. So, yeah, it seems like he's a guy who can really light it up, maybe – we could have someone like that on UK, yeah, even if it's a walk-on, you know? Exactly. That's the type of guy they need, someone who, who can hit some shots. So uh, always good to see those type of numbers. And, and, you know, it's easy to hit a lot of shots if you take a lot. And it's e- maybe not as easy, but you can hit a pretty high percentage if you don't, don't take many. But he's definitely right. got that, that combination that, you know, proves you're doing something right. Um, next guy listed here is uh, Anthony Bowen. 
Uh, John Harden, I think we, I don't know if you saw him. I saw him last year. He moved. Uh, I watched him play once. I think he moved away and, and moved back kind of in the middle of last year. So uh, probably didn't get quite the, the full opportunity to gel with the team, but uh, joined them, played a little last year. Uh, a guard, I think he can handle the ball a little bit. Um, so. They only have one loss, I think. So yeah, we, we got a pretty good team. Yep, they they are solid. And, uh, you know, I'll mention Jalen Tyus for them. I think he's another good player mm-hmm. uh, that I've seen. Uh, another guy mentions Trent Noah, uh, Harlan County. Um, you know, we saw him last year. We did. Uh, we saw them in the in the region tournament and uh, as an eighth grader. And you don't you don't see too many eighth graders making a big impact, but. Uh, you know, solid, very solid player. Very impressive. Maybe one of the top freshmen this year in the state. Yeah, I'd say he'd have to be uh, be on a pretty short list mm-hmm. for, for that spot. So, uh, 13th region has some pretty good young players around there. Right, they sure do. Uh, we got uh, Keon Warricks. Yeah, uh, I like Shel- him. Shelby Valley. Uh, yeah, we watched him play a couple of years ago um, when they had Potter mm-hmm. kind of uh, led them to a decent run in the in the All A uh, state tournament and a uh, good guard for them. Yeah, he's a good ball handler and very. Uh, he's averaging seventeen point three points again. That second on the team, they've got a guy Robinson with seventeen point five a game. But some of his highlights are really fun to watch uh, on Twitter. I like watching his highlights of dribbling the ball. Yeah, we've got uh, Riley Sammons getting a shout out. We've we've talked about him some. Yeah, he's a good shooter. He's fun to watch, and you know you don't see that many uh, guards that that are that tall and that skilled that could step out and shoot it. It's like a college prototype body. Yeah, I think he's the type of guy who's gonna get some. I think pretty good college looks yeah. just with the combination of size and skill set that he's got. Uh, we've got uh, Jason Baker. Um, I think that well, Leslie County. Yeah, Leslie yeah. County. We looked him up. He's having a pretty good year for Leslie County. They've uh, they were in the headlines. I think they're the ones who made Sports Center, if I can remember correctly. Yeah, that was a that was a, a nice story watching uh, watching the end of that game. Got to see a, a clutch three point shot. Yeah, check out the Sports Center highlight for that one. So, uh, good good story that uh, I think. Uh, you see the enjoyment that uh, sports can bring and, and some of the good it does that goes much much further than just winning and losing. Um, got uh, Naz Welch listed, Accordia. Uh, yeah, he's uh, getting a lot of rebounds and scoring a lot of points for a Cordia team that's always kind of intriguing. Uh, somebody throws out uh, the name Mitch Berger. Uh, Mitchell Berger. They don't, they don't give me a school, though. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, I don't know. Does that name sound familiar to you? Yeah, I've heard the name before, but... Um, it's not coming to me. Um, I have to Google it. And then uh, a couple others, uh, some repeat names. Maybe there. Beachwood. Or, no, that's probably Mitchell Riley yeah, as well. So, we've got, uh, you know, some, some good thoughts there. Uh, anybody you were thinking of? Um. No, not really. I mean... That's why I kind of put it out there. There's yeah, you're right. Mitch Mitchellberger is is Beachwood. Yeah. So that's uh, that's where that was. Going yeah, from. I guess Scotty Drod gets a lot yep, of the exactly. uh, attention there. But yeah, I remember putting Mitchellberger in there in my preseason. Um, yeah, I mean we were going through like in the tenth region. Is there anybody underrated? You know, like just from like a Montgomery County standpoint, like a J T Woosley who makes the free throws, does does the dirty work. 
Somebody like that. Um, I think someone posted recently, uh, Tanner Walton, who's really having a great year for LCA. He needs to get more respect. I mean, we watched him play Montgomery County, and he does so much on his own. You know, he carries the scoring load. I think he's only a junior. He's someone who's probably uh, pretty underrated, you know? Yeah, that's probably a, probably a pretty good thought right there. Um, you know, it's probably hard for us to answer this because at least we've probably already been talking about the people who stand out to us. Right. So uh, we're at least hopefully giving them some attention. But, you know, guys who are, are, I think, elite players on the statewide level that maybe don't get quite as much attention. You know, we've talked a lot about Wyatt Veith from – uh, St. Henry, that that type of guy stands out. You know, I've mentioned Jerome Morton a lot. I know he's hurt now, but you know, to me, he's he's probably a top ten player in the state. I don't know if he's he's a name that a lot of people know, uh, since he's a guy they would have got to see at the state tournament last year, but right. got canceled. And so there's some several guys like that. Um, you know, uh, Dayawan Step from from West Jessman, kind of a similar situation. You know, should have should have been seen by the state last year, but uh, just. Didn't get that opportunity, so uh, maybe maybe some guys like that stand out. Um, you know, out west, I'm sure there's probably some guys who, uh, you know, we we don't get to see even in regular year typically most teams from the first you know first three or four regions just uh, based on where we live. Yeah, they're so, way out there. So we're I'm sure missing some guys who probably probably can play really well. Uh, Grant you know, Whitaker, you we, mean? We, we we talked about you were quizzing me on who was leading the state in scoring and uh, yeah. Uh, said I'd probably never guess what team they were from, and you were right. Uh, I wasn't going to get there, but, uh, you know, Landon Pace at Dawson Springs right. out west is, is leading the state in scoring. Uh, about almost two points ahead of, of Reed Shepard. Um, so uh, some guys like that stand out. So, you know, when, when the second and third uh, names on the list are Reed Shepard and Zion Harmon, you're in pretty good company right yeah. there. Yeah, he's having a good year. The team's kind of struggling, but... That that shows even if the team's struggling, I'm sure people key on him, but he's still scoring a lot of points. Um, so yeah, I appreciate people giving us the um, giving us that, you know. And then, um, so is there anybody else that you can think of, or is that it for no, the? No, that was that was most of the guys who'd come to my mind. And then um, finally, I guess we can talk about we put it out there, and I think we talked a little bit about it last time. But do you have a favorite event? in Kentucky high school basketball. We've some people mentioned the WYMT classic. They like that one. Um we got a, a few responses, but I've never been to Marshall County Hoop Fest. I think we talked last time I'll probably make it to there, but have you settled on your favorite uh favorite event? Maybe I like the tenth region. So yeah, I mean I, I, you almost have to break it into two categories and yeah. kind of the regular season events and then the, the, the postseason tournaments. I think obviously you know, when your season's on the line, uh, any any region tournament or state tournament game has that uh, extra added dimension. Um, but if we're just talking in-season tournaments or events, my favorite's got to be the King of the Bluegrass. Yeah. Um, you know, typically, uh, most years it's 12 in-state teams and then four four teams from around the country that, you know, either good teams or, or got maybe a good player, somebody who's going to Louisville or someone who's a maybe a top 20 uh, junior in the country or sophomore, they... Uh, bring in some some good teams from all around and uh, you know enjoy that you get two games at once so you can kind of go back and forth uh, sometimes it gets busy and there's not really a chance to to leave your seat in one and get to the other which uh, also I'd say is probably the best atmosphere uh, as far as crowds yeah. for, for an in-season tournament um, 
and one other thing I like about kind of tournaments over classics is, is I feel once you watch a team three times, you get to know the team. You know, you kind of get a feel for the team. You can watch a team once and, and not really remember a lot about them. You watch the team twice, and there's probably a couple players that'll stick out to you, but but kind of by that third time you watch them, uh, you know, you you kind of form a little more of a bond, yeah. or at least I feel like I do. And that's why, you know, I can tell you a lot about most of the teams that made the semifinals of the Sweet 16. Yeah. There's some quarterfinal teams that I probably don't remember anything about. Right. Uh, but but you make it to the semifinals, and, and I'm most likely going to have a pretty good recollection of at least, you know, a decent part of that team. Uh, so King of the Bluegrass, you know, the combination of, of the talent, both individual talent, the team talent, the crowds, the, the number of games you get to watch at a time, the uh, getting to see teams multiple times. So that's that's my number one. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, growing up, of course, we liked the All-A Classic. Mm-hmm. That's uh, And then that might be one of the best days where you go and watch eight games. I love love day one of the yeah. uh, All-A Classic. Eight straight, or you have yeah. four games, and then about a two-hour break for lunch. And I've never done All-A. Oh, that's, that's a dream come true for me. It's always cold. Um, <laughs> it does feel like it's always cold. And, uh, you know, whether it was in Frankfurt or in Richmond, you know, find a, find a good place to go eat and just kind of rest up for a little bit and uh, always, always enjoy that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one, you've got the passion of the fans, um, those schools, some of them, you know, that's, that's the, the highlight of, of, you know, their, their entire history. Uh, you know, you see a team like Pineville make it, uh, just so fun to watch yeah. the crowd come out and support them. Um, and then you've got, of course, teams that come every year and, uh, you know, University Heights out of the second region, you know, you feel like almost owned the tournament. But this year, there's there's Lyon County coming. I, I can't imagine what kind of crowd that they uh, would bring in a regular year. And I'd say this year right. probably will we'll still be able to bring a, a great crowd. And, um, you know, just the passion of, of those teams is so much fun in, in that event. Yeah, I think we could wrap it up with that. Those are some really good events. And maybe next time we can talk about um... – some of the favorite, we might not have been to a lot of them, but some of the best out-of-state events. What are some of the best in the country? And maybe if you're a big high school basketball fan, where could you go? Where could you go in the summer league to watch people? So maybe I can give you all some ideas about that if you stay tuned. There's Once the pandemic ends, there's some that I've always wanted to go to. Some in South Carolina, some in Georgia, some in Springfield, Massachusetts. They're all around. So maybe we can talk about that next time. Sounds good. All right. Well, um, thank you all for listening. And then by the time we have this uh, next podcast, you know, our plan is to hopefully, if things go to plan, we'll have watched uh, Lexington Catholic play against Lincoln County. So we'll update you with that game and then maybe a couple others. Um, so, yeah. Um, so until uh, until next time, everyone stay safe. And um, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for being here, Clark. Sounds good. Thank you. All right.